0: You may end up uh, seeing some of the same chaos as we saw at Christmas because experts say um, that the surge of low cost airlines entering the market has just made a already bad pilot shortage all the worse, and there's really no solution that they can fix it not not anytime soon because it's been building for a long time, and not only is this um, glut of new you know cheap air carriers slowing down routes. It says they can't even get enough pilots to fly. And, you know, so here we are caught flat-footed, knowing knowing that there was a shortage coming over the last few years and no one bothered to get ahead of it. And becoming a commercial pilot is expensive. I mean, it's upwards of $100,000. So I guess it it discourages some people from going into it. I mean, I don't know if you were around in the days like pilots were rock stars. They, They were like celebrities. Remember how exciting it was to see a pilot? Well, now we can't find them. And last week, uh, the committee hearing looking into all that travel chaos, um, Sun Wing blamed it on the Trudeau government for denying a recent application to hire 63 temporary foreign workers pilots. They say it got denied. But, you know, why do we have to go hire elsewhere when we should be able to hire here? Let us uh, ask a guy who, in fact, might know. Let's bring on Mike Dwerin, who is president of Dwerin Aviation Consulting. Thanks so much, Mike, for joining us.
1: Good morning. Pleasure to be here. All
0: right. So let's talk a little bit about a problem everyone in charge was, should have known, ought to have known, and yet here we are, and um, it's not an easy solution. And so w- w- why couldn't we get ahead of this? Is it just like everything else, that we just don't worry about it until it happens?
1: Uh, that's about it. Uh, I, you know, we've been talking about this for going on 20 years, and it's it's been a, a growing issue. We, we pretty well had a, a pretty good idea that, we had to figure out a way to get young men and women to basically get interested in in flying airplanes. Uh, at the same time, there's a lot of infrastructure issues, such as, like you mentioned, the cost of training has has risen quite a bit, and it will probably continue to rise with the increasing cost of everything else. Um, so it, to make a long story short, it, it was it was like the light at the end of the tunnel, but we just didn't believe it was that close to us, and now all of mm-hmm. a sudden here it is.
0: Yeah, well, apparently we're going to need 7,300 pilots by 2025. Is that just in this country?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Worldwide, we're, worldwide uh, if you look at the numbers that have been put out by some of the major agencies, you know they're, they're talking upwards of uh, three hundred and fifty to five hundred thousand pilots over the next twenty years. Um, mm. You know, and the thing is, is is here's the thing: in in Canada has an incredible history of teaching and training pilots. We have a very very strong pilot training uh, infrastructure in place. We have uh, over one hundred and seventy schools across the country. Uh, a lot of them are world class, no question about it and the so there's no it's you know in in a nutshell it's really not a training capacity issue, all right It's more of a of an issue in getting young men and women in the door, and there's lots of young men and women who are who would love to do it, but as as I said you know at a hundred thousand plus uh it it becomes kind of onerous.
0: Yeah, well, and the fact is, now that we're uh, in such trouble, because if 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 we don't get seventy three hundred pl- pilots by twenty twenty five, then we're just not going to have enough. More as we're not going to be able to do as many flights. The problem I have, um, as I as I, I read through this, um, I'm a terrified flyer. I hate flying, and the older I get, the worse I get, and and that's why I watch Mayday all the time because I want to perpetuate my fear. But having said that, when I start reading. You know that they have to cut corners and maybe do less um, flight time in the simulator and they're maybe not going to uh, get have lesser classes. Are we going to be in a position, Mike, where we're training pilots that aren't quite trained enough and, well, golly, they'll learn on the job because that ain't a selling point, certainly not for me, and it shouldn't be for anyone else because we're already seeing a lot of mistakes get made and, and you can't make those when it comes to air travel.
1: Yeah, I... You know, it's there, a bit of a of a misconception about pilot training as far as the advanced work. Because if if you look at a pilot training, you have the basic training where they get licensed, and once they do that, then they effectively go off to the airline, and the airline provides them with the more advanced aircraft type specific training, company training, and so forth. Then they they basically work as a first officer for months, if not years, before they upgrade to the captain. Now, no question that the, the the there are very strict training protocols in place that ensure the 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 overall operational level of safety. The things that the airlines are cutting back on, for example are some at least some of the airlines are things like historically because there was actually quite a few available pilots, they were able to get a little bit choosy in who they they took, so they were able to add things like. University degrees and, and a whole bunch of other things, and for the most part, those are the types of things that they're now cutting back on the things that was really the the, the you might say the frosting on the cake mm-hmm. ultimately it doesn't really affect the ability of the pilots to fly the airplane because the aerpl- the pilots are still trained to the required standard that's not the issue it's just that they're simply uh, taking a look at all the extra requirements and training that they would give them and saying, boy, do we really need that? All right. so, and because, you know, the thing is, 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 you know, all that training costs an incredible amount of money, you know, and, you know, you know, at the most basic level of a young student pilot learning on a multi-engine airplane, you're looking at 300, $400 an hour, you know, that that's almost like a full year's tuition from 20, 30 years ago (laughs) at some Mm -hmm. university courses. Right. Yeah, which is
0: going to end up – yeah, which would pu- push, I guess, ultimately the airlines are either going to have to subsidize part of it or we the taxpayers will, um, you know. Uh, but but when do you see, Mike, that we hit the wall? Because we're already seeing the fractures. We're already seeing the cracks and all the problems. I don't see it getting any better for March break. But when do you actually see us hitting the wall before it's like, okay, well, this is what we have to – like, you know, when
1: well, do you see I it blowing think- up? I think the wall that you're talking about, the way I see it, is that it's it's going to cause the airlines to start cutting back services. All right. Yeah. So there, there gets to be a point where you can only do so much with what you got. So the airlines that now, you know, to me, the major airlines, they're probably not going to be the ones suffering all that badly because let's face it, that's the ultimate goal for most pilots. Sure. And if if a young man or woman meets the, the the requirements to be hired, they're going to get hired. So it's not those aren't the folks that are really having the big issue. The critical issue is actually going to be at the at the lower levels, the the small charter companies, mm-hmm. the companies that support all our northern communities, for example, uh, the northern yeah. uh, operators. They're, they're having issues because, of course, all of their pilots are being hired by the airlines. So it's it's not just you know, for the traveling public, we tend to see, you know, the 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 airlines that take us down south. And yes, they're they're having issues, but there's a lot more to it than that. And and the, sort of the background stuff, the the, the medevac operations, mm-hmm. uh, the cargo operations into northern communities, uh, the support of all those various, you know, and that's where it's going to start to hurt, I think. And it already has, but I think it's going to get a whole lot worse.
0: Yeah. And so I guess, you know, this government should have or ought to have known um, that this shortage is coming. It's been going on. It's been highlighted and and certainly raised over the last few years. Are are they doing anything about it? Are there conversations being had? Because this is federal jurisdiction. And so are they actually starting to address this? Because, uh, um, you know, I think there's a big concern as to, you know, people booking trips. People will ultimately, Mike, stop booking if it's going to be chaos every time, which, again, not good for the aviation industry.
1: Exactly, and and yes, there's there's. Let's put it this way: there are some activities on the go, uh, but it's more talk than action. I think what has yeah. to happen now is is somebody has to roll up their sleeves and say, "Okay, enough talk. We got to do something." And and I think you know, in the you know, for the aviation world, for pilot training, and and it's not just pilots, by the way. It's also the maintenance personnel. There's a shortage of those people as well.
0: Yeah, don't that, don't tell me that, Mike. Don't. I'll never get on a plane again <laughs> at this point. Like, if all of a sudden it's like, well, we'll just, oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's like a no, cascading no. effect. Yeah.
1: No, the the thing is, is I think it's it's important to understand that it, even though there's a shortage of these people, it, once again, if they don't have the amount of people to do the job, they're going to have to start curtailing flights. So I don't. I don't see it affecting the day-to-day safety of the operations. I don't see that uh, because, you know, the, these airlines are very professional in what they do and they're not going to take the, they're not going to take a chance. That's simple as that. But it does impact their operation. I mean, there's no question about that. It is going to have an impact when they have to start cutting back and, you know, not having pilots and or uh, aircraft maintenance engineers available to do the job. So I, I think as an industry, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of work going on, but I think it's, it's, you know, you get to the point where it's time to fish or cut bait, you know, and it's time yeah. to
0: fish. Appreciate the time on this. We'll uh, see if um, the heat uh, in the kitchen finally makes the Mac. Mike, thanks so much.
1: <laughs> You're very welcome. All the best. Have a great day.
0: Thanks, you too. That's Mike Dwerin, who's president of uh, Dwerin Aviation uh, Consulting. And, yeah, I'm not a great flyer, so when I hear stuff like, oh, well, they don't, might not have enough maintenance, people. I'm like, okay, and then what happens? Well, they just don't fix the plane that day, uh, um, the plane I'm on. I'm just, I'm silly about it, but yeah, me and my sister are just terrible flyers. But this is the kind of stuff, like when, when Pierre Paulie ever says Canada feels broken, like this. You add this, so this federal jurisdiction, passport's not getting done. I think they're fixing that now, but then you've got hospitals employed. Like When people start to feel like nothing really works and the warnings were all there, you get cheesed off.